Coming up on Chasing the Natty, another week of CFF is upon us, and once again, we're here ready to get you guys caught up and ready to go for this week's games. All, as always, we'll be discussing another week of top matchups, answering your sit-start dilemmas, and finally, letting you know which high-scoring matchups you could be taking advantage of this week, especially a week where a ton of teams are off on buys. All this and more coming right after this. Looking to Jared Stearns, who makes the catch and scores. What a burst! Trey Vaughn Anderson! As advertised, touchdown Buckeyes! This is Chasing the Natty, a college fantasy football podcast. All right, welcome in everybody. This is Jared Palmgren, host of the Chasing Natty podcast. I hope you guys are having a wonderful ride to your work on this Wednesday morning. We are turning the page from what could have probably been one of the greatest college football weekends we have seen in a very long time and going over to another weekend that, quite frankly, has the potential to live up to last weekend. We got a ton of great matchups we could be discussing here this week, uh, and so we'll definitely get all into that as always uh i have my co-host here for the preview show and that is mr chris moxley chris how are you doing tonight sir doing great um i didn't get to watch as much football as i wanted to last weekend <sighs> what a crime hand up hand up i i was busy i had family commitments so that's code for fall weddings we don't talk about those around here <laughs> Not this. I, as someone who had a fall wedding, I'm not allowed to make fun of people with fall weddings. Um, but no, I, I, I was able to catch up on a couple, a uh, couple of games uh, today, yesterday, the previous day, and whoo, man, it was hot. Dude, I, I was literally like emotionally exhausted by the end of the day, just watching. Because again, I got I got Alabama Tennessee. That was already such a great game, and then turned it around immediately to watching USC Utah. I watched pretty much every minute of that game. That w- that game was absolutely incredible. But again, we're turning the page. We've already discussed all that. Those were awesome games. We all agree there. We have, as I said, a weekend here that could rival it. We got a lot of great matchups. There are five ranked v ranked matchups, and we'll definitely discuss all of those. We got your sister discussions we'll get to. We'll get to the high scoring matchups. But first, but first, I'm going to throw a curveball at you guys. I haven't done this in a while. I'm going to give you my spiel right now here early in the show. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Love discussing all, all this stuff down there in the comments with you guys. If you have any questions, feel free to drop them there. If you're late to the party on Sit Starts, I am always willing to go into the YouTube comment section and drop my quick thoughts there as well. Uh, if you're listening to this on podcast, make sure you follow us, uh, give it a five-star review, and leave a written five-star review if you can, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, which I know a lot of you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, and not nearly enough of you have taken just two minutes out of your day to write just a quick little nice note, or a little constructive criticism. I am not, uh, I am not so vain that I cannot take a little constructive criticism. Speaking of which, 
I really appreciate all of you guys who filled out our survey in terms of how to improve CTN moving forward. Mox, I will send you and Nate a summary of what we got out of the survey. Lots of great suggestions from you guys. That survey is still up. I still have it pinned on my Twitter account. If you guys, again, we don't have the contest going on anymore. We did have an announced winner on the last show. If you haven't listened to that, maybe you are the winner there. We have sent out an email to you. But if you want to just go and leave your thoughts real quick, again, just follow me on Twitter. I'm at CFF underscore Jared. You can find it as my pinned comment. Again, it is like a very quick survey, like two, three minutes max. You don't have to leave a lot of thoughts. If you want to leave a lot of thoughts, that's fine. But don't don't feel pressured to. Uh, we are part of the Campus Canton team here at, or we're part of the CFF team, excuse me, at Campus of Canton. It is myself, Chris Moxley, right there above me, Nate Marquise, Brandon Sanders. We got a ton of content for you guys between podcasts like CTN here on Mondays and Wednesdays during the season. Also on Wednesdays, you got the Bet on C2C podcast with Brandon Sanders, Ethan Sowers, and Chris K. They do an awesome job over there. And of course, we have the entire family network of podcasts for Campus of Canton absolutely go check out every just check out the campus again podcast feed there's something for everybody there we also got articles nate marquise is constantly putting out great articles chris moxley puts out articles um ethan sowers and chris k are putting out great betting articles absolutely go check all that out and chris moxley has been rocking it with the cff weekly rankings he has been putting out every single week they have been awesome and i have been using them to help me with some of my sit start stuff as well last but not least Chris Boxley, I believe that we have a contest going on at Campus of Canton right now, if you want to explain that to the folks. Yeah, we do. So we are giving away three jerseys currently. Uh, Jordan Addison, ever heard of him? Bolitnikoff winner last year, not a big deal. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, good receiver. All, all he did was outscore uh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson last season as a uh, true sophomore. And um, some guy, I, I think y'all probably have heard of him as well, Bijan Robinson, uh, pretty good running back in Texas. If there are multiple ways to enter a contest for one of these jerseys, so one is leaving a rate interview on the C2C podcast feed, which the show appears on. So if you're listening, it's one way to enter. You can also enter by uh, signing up with promo code C2C and depositing in prize picks. If you do that, you also get uh, $29.99 towards a C2C membership, which like kind of no-brainer there. Mm-hmm. And the third is calling into our Saturday show from 8 to 10, which is on the Better Sports Network. Any of those get you entry into a drawing for these three jerseys. We will be doing that over the course of the next three or four weeks. But make sure that you are doing one of those so that you can get entered. It is an awesome opportunity. I'm thinking about doing it with my burner account. Yeah, literally all three all three of those options that Mox just gave there are so easy to do. Again, if you're already on the betting scene and you haven't gotten a prize picks account and you're thinking about hopping in, having fun with us, although I haven't had a ton of fun this year because I've been losing quite a bit with prize picks. Uh, but if you want to hop in there and think you're better th- than me at it, uh, make sure you just drop code C to C in there. Again, a very, C- very simple promo code C to C do that very real quick and then the other two are just straight up free one of them is just calling in talking to some of your some of your favorite guys um on the better sports network early saturday mornings before games kick off and the other one is like chris moxley said you're probably already listening to this on the campus again podcast feed just stop it pause it real quick actually you don't even really need to pause it just go into the podcast app go down to the very bottom of the podcast feed and you can enter a 
uh, five-star review or really whatever you want to leave right there. I'm not going to force you to leave a five-star review. We'll appreciate it. But even still, just leave it right there and that'll enter you to win. Yeah, that pretty much is it. I think we can start talking about some of these upcoming games here, Chris Moxley. Last weekend, we talked about it. It was an incredible weekend. Pretty, pretty much most of the ranked versus ranked matchups lived up to their name. There wasn't any, tr- uh, there, were, there weren't a ton of true blowouts in them. Obviously, Michigan got away from Penn State. Syracuse handled NC State without Devin Leary pretty well. But other than that, we had some really incredible games. I'm kind of expecting some of the same this weekend. And we don't have to go in the order of the show sheet here. In fact, I'm not going to because I really want to start off with this first game here. Battle out in the West, the Pac-12. Number 9, UCLA at number 10, Oregon. This is the 3.30 game. Um, At the time that I did this, they hadn't mentioned what, um, what channel this is going to be on. I have a feeling it's going to be on Fox. Uh, Oregon, the six-point favorite here, over under in this game, 70 and a half. We could have talked about this game later, but this is such a big matchup. Might as well talk about it here, and we can do a little bit of what we do with the high-scoring games, talk about which players will start in this game. But first of all, Mox, what is your overall thoughts on this game? This is a spot where UCLA can tell us whether or not they're legit. Um, They've impressed me, especially their defense, because I didn't think their defense was very good. they're a little more physical than I thought. And I they're honestly just a more impressive unit. Like, I think their defensive line is pretty good. Oregon has been scoring a lot. Ever since the Georgia game, they've kind of just gotten things right. Uh, played really, really solid football. So I'm pretty interested to see what UCLA does in this matchup. Uh, I think Oregon's going to win. But if UCLA wins, I mean, a 7-0 UCLA team is a really, really interesting uh fixture especially in the college football playoff landscape we have this game set on our tailgate show for saturday i still haven't decided which way i'm going to go on this because i think everything points to like like the point spread kind of says here everything points to the fact that oregon probably wins this game i think they're a really good team i think they're much better uh than what we saw in week one against georgia again they've just really been on a roll pretty much ever since then scoring about 40 points a game uh against these pac-12 defenses I think I, I really think this is a game where both teams could hit 40 points. I don't think I would be surprised by that at all. But there's something nagging in the back of my head that just says that UCLA somehow pulls this off. I am not sure where it's coming from. My gut hasn't been the greatest so far this year, but this doesn't even feel like a gut call. This feels like almost like a divine intervention call coming in and telling me like everything else points to Oregon, but like I gotta look out for UCLA here. In terms of players that I'm looking out for in this game, guys, I been a, have been aggressive in trading the past couple of days in terms of my dynasty leagues, and one one group of pe- one group of players I have been targeting more than the others really has been these UCLA players. I have acquired DTR and Zach Charbonnet in different leagues. I have um, tried to go after Bo- Jake Bobo if somebody has him on the roster as well. It's just some. It's just an offense that I am gravitated towards right now, and I don't see. I I really see all of them performing very well in this game on Saturday. Mox, what do you think about those players, and what are the Oregon players you're looking at here? Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I'm starting basically every fantasy relevant option probably in this game. Um, this is a little bonus content, so not to steal anyone's thunder, but Ooh, Jake bonus. Bobo over 11 and a half fantasy points on prize picks. 
I mean, come on. Yeah. That's Smash, right? Uh, I love Jake Bobo in this match. I think it's actually a really good one for him. Uh, I think he matches up well against the Oregon secondary with his size. Uh, I think he'd probably get involved in the red zone a little bit and score a touchdown or maybe two. Um, on the Oregon side, though, I think you start Bo Nix. Uh, he's been really solid for the most part. I think you can start Troy Franklin. But outside of that, I'm a little weary. I know points are going to come. I just don't know where they're going to come from on Oregon. Like, that's always the concern that I have. I have no yeah. idea who's going to be rushing and getting the most of the carries. I have no idea who's going to be secondary receiver behind Franklin. It doesn't help that none of these running backs have truly kind of separated themselves from the pack. Or, and maybe that's by design. Maybe that's what Kenny Dillingham and Dan Lanning want to have. They, they want to yeah, have. I think, I think it is. But but even still, like even just performance wise, like none of them have really kind of stood out from the rest. So we'll definitely see. Let's move on to some of these other games here. Chris Box, I chose the last one. Let's have you choose the next one. Do I have to choose a game from our list, or can I choose one that's not on our list? That uh, we'll have your sicko game of the week at the end of this. It's not a sicko game, I promise. <laughs> no, I'll save that for later. Um, let's go to. Let's go to Syracuse Clemson because I've seen a lot of people on Syracuse this week uh, thinking they can cover this 13 and a half, 13 points. Um, I think Syracuse might get just demolished this week. Uh, I really don't want to start anybody from Syracuse. Uh, like Clemson's getting a lot healthier on the secondary. Uh, Andrew Mabaka played like 25 snaps. I think he's going to play the majority in this game. Mm-hmm. Man, I think Syracuse could just get crushed. And I it, Syracuse is the 14th ranked team in the country. They are 6-0. and They deserve a ton of credit for where they've gotten to, and Dino Babers has done an excellent job. There's a reckoning that's coming for this Keys team, though. They struggled against Virginia. They did not look very good. They beat a North Carolina team that was without Devin Leary. Okay, neat. But, man, like, I don't know if I want to start anybody on this on this Syracuse team. And I think Gat. Gadsden is a pretty interesting uh, – Aranda Gadsden, I think he's a junior. Um, yes. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, junior. Uh, his dad played in the NFL. But, yeah, I'm a little scared to start anybody at Syracuse. But on Clemson, I think you could start DJU because uh, Syracuse is without – I don't know if it's their best corner. They have a really good corner duo, Deuce Chestnut and Garrett Williams. Garrett Williams is probably not going to play this week. I think DJU might have a pretty good game. Uh, then you can start Will Shipley as well. And I don't know if it, who, which receiver I want to start, but I'm leaning towards Antonio Williams. I would say I Antonio he, Williams he emerges is a one. really, really looking good recently. Yeah, and he actually dropped – I don't. did he drop a touchdown or did uh, DJ overthrow him? I don't remember um, off the top of my head now. I but didn't catch a ton of Clemson for to say. Okay. Yeah, should have had two last week. Uh, only had one. I think you can start him. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about DJU for a second here. Because, again, this was somebody that we a lot of us really kind of wrote off last year. But, Mox, what do you think his ranking on the season is for CFF QBs is right now? Mm, 18. He's QB 10. Huh. He is a top 12 QB. He has performed extremely, extremely well over the past couple of weeks. Like... He hasn't had a game below 27 points in the last four weeks. He has been quietly having a really, really good season. I got to give a lot of credit there because I really had written him off. And even when he was performing a 20-point basis the first couple of weeks, I'm like, okay, 
that's probably not going to last. But maybe Tony Elliott truly was the problem here. Maybe, or maybe him performing well in the first game of the week or first game of the year kind of helped them turn around. Turn around uh, his performance, kind of moving forward here. Maybe it was just a confidence problem all along. But he's looking really, really well. So good on him. I'm kind of with you on the Syracuse players. Again, I mentioned this before. Part of it is the fact that Syracuse, or Clemson's defense has had a lot of health issues, but regardless, they're not quite the shutdown defense that I was kind of treating them coming into the season with. They have given up plenty of big plays. They've given up plenty of points on a week-in and week-out basis. Again, part, again, you're right. Partially, that is on the fact that they don't even have their real starters out there, but this is a Clemson team that should have the depth to be able to slow down some of these offenses they've been facing. They haven't quite. Um, so I'm not scared to start guys like Garrett Schrader if that is truly one of your better options on your roster because I do think there's, they're going to find points this weekend. I would say you don't start them with confidence. Same uh, same with Sean Tucker, same with Aronde Gadsden. Again, if they have been your guys that you have been relying on week in and week out, no reason for me to say that you can't start them this week, but I will, I'm kind of with you in the fact that like this does feel like a game where Clemson could very well awaken and we can see the clemson of old that we've been waiting on so i have garrett schrader ranked quarterback 59 and i have sean tucker ranked running back 52 harsh for what it's worth yeah I, and i actually have gads in the highest of all of those he's a top 20 he's wide receiver 22 um just because he takes up such a big piece of that offense and he has size that i think they might struggle with a little bit fair enough all righty Let's move on to a different ranked-to-ranked matchup here. Let's go to Texas-Oklahoma State. I think regardless of what happened the last week between Oklahoma State and TCU, Texas was going to come into this game as the favorite. They have been red hot. They have performed, they've been performing very well. A little bit of a slow start against Iowa State last week. I was actually legitimately concerned for Texas there for about a good quarter. Second quarter, they kind of lit it up a little bit. Iowa State clamps down on them a little bit more in the second half. Don't get me started on the targeting, the missed targeting call that ended that game pretty much. But regardless, I think Texas is poised very well to come into Oklahoma State here and pull off. It's not an upset because they're a four and a half point favorite, but I fully expect them to get this win on the road here. I expect Quinn Ewers to have a phenomenal day. Oklahoma State is terrible against the pass right now. I feel I pretty much. I feel very confident starting any Texas player in this game. Bijan, Xavier Worthy, Jatavian Sanders, Quinn Ewers. I don't worry about them at all. My bigger worry comes more on the side of the Oklahoma State guys. Spencer Sanders, how much of him did we really get last week? Because again, we there are rumors that all of a sudden he might not be playing. Then he does play. He looks good for the first quarter, but then really things kind of shut down later in that game. He uh, had his lowest completion percentage I think he's had in like over a year. I think his completion percentage is like 40-something percent. Really, really off day for him. So does that continue this week against uh, Texas, which has a pretty decent uh, defense in the secondary? And then, of course, you have the evol- the constant rotating outside wide receiver option for Oklahoma State. Who's that going to be on a week-in and week-out basis? And then Dominic Richardson, I like him a lot, but and I like I really like the volume that he gets, but we'll talk about him a little bit more definitely in some of these sit start conversations because y'all have a lot of questions about that as well. But Moxley, what do you think about overall of this game? 
nothing to add from Texas side. I'm pretty much in alignment. Um, honestly, same from the Oklahoma State side. Uh, Spencer Sanders is hurt, uh, and I'm pretty sure he's hurt, which means that you're not going to get the same rushing upside. Uh, I don't like Dominic Richardson. Like I am on the record saying I don't think he's very good, and I did I, was saying, him last. I, I I think we haven't gone a week without you like throwing a throwing some shade at Dominic Richardson. I didn't even rank him last week. You and did not. He had thir- like thirteen points, but he's lucky he even scored a touchdown. So I'm just I'm just saying I don't think he's very good. So I, don't, I wouldn't start him in this matchup. Um, yeah, I don't know who you can start from the Oklahoma State wide receiver room. It's just the total's so high here that some people are are gonna work but man like in a non-best ball i don't feel very good yeah i don't i don't really feel good about it either i'm looking up something really really quick uh because i just want to check something from last year before we move on to this next game but i'll go ahead and move on move on to it we'll talk about the alabama mississippi state game number six alabama coming off their loss against tennessee Going up against number 24, Mississippi State. Alabama, the 21-point favorite here. I think that's fully appropriate. This is about to be this is about to be ugly for Mississippi State. And I'm, I'm trying to look up their matchup from last year because I want to I make sure I'm correct on this before I say it. But I remember this game being ugly for, uh, for Mississippi State. Yep, 49-9 to yeah. last year. Uh, and then 2020, I believe it was all... Yeah, 2020, 41-0. Nick Saban, Pete Golding, they know how to shut down the air raid offense from Mississippi State. Do I think this is the, probably the best offense that Leash has had at Mississippi State? Because uh, this is third year there. Probably, but again, like Alabama has shown they know how to shut it down. If you have any Mississippi State players, I would not touch them this week. I would be finding other options, including Will Rogers. I'm just not playing with that this week. It's a pissed off Alabama team. I don't want any part of that. The real question then becomes, who do you start on the Alabama side? I think Bryce Young's obvious here, but like Jameer Gibbs, we've talked about this where like when it's a blowout, Jameer Gibbs isn't as productive as he is in a much closer game. We've seen that over the last couple of weeks. Texas A&M, Tennessee, Jameer Gibbs had incredible games. All of a sudden, but it, when it comes to the blowout, he gets less carries. They don't need him as much. They're saving him for later. I'm kind of afraid we're going to get a little bit, we're going to revert back to that here against Mississippi State, unless Mississippi State just lets him break off for a huge touchdown or two like he did in against Arkansas. And then, of course, there's always the, there's always the wonder of what to do with the Alabama receiving room. There still aren't any real questions, really any real answers there, in my opinion. And... Again, really, again, I, I'd say probably the only people I've, I'm confident in starting, and I know you hate this other guy, Mox, uh, or you, uh, you you don't really like him that much, but I think he has proven enough this year that he's still a valuable asset. Bryce Young and Cameron Lottier are the only two in this game that I'm really kind of uh, big on starting here. What do you think, Mox? Anybody else really kind of stand out to you as somebody you would start? Yeah, I'll start Jameer Gibbs. I'm not honestly as worried about it, um, in my opinion. Uh, Bryce Young, obviously, I think you start. Um, I will Rogers ranked as quarterback 32, which you know, he's still gonna get 50 pass attempts, so do with that information what you will. Yeah, but will he get a I, touchdown? Um, I think you will. This Bama defense isn't as good as it's been in recent iterations. Uh, I'm not like he's quarterback 32, so like you probably have at least one better option, maybe two. Um, 
I'm not as excited to start Cameron Watt as you are, though. Like I, it, tight end's kind of a cluster, so I understand if you need to start him. But I mean, outside of last week, his high on the season in yardage was 51. His games of 10, 27, 28, two touchdowns. Like I don't really want to start him. He had one big play against Tennessee that accounted for a lot of that, but 27 yards out know. of his 90. So yeah, it, it wasn't a huge percent. It was about one third. Yeah, that's true. I just remember him seeing streaking down the sideline. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not like super hyped to start him. He'll probably. I haven't finished my tight end rankings yet, but he'll probably end up outside of my top twelve again. Mm-hmm. I just don't like his week to week inconsistency. But yeah, I don't think you can start anybody on the Mississippi State team confidently. And Will Rogers is only there because of his uh, he'll just throw fifty times. Exactly. The pure, pure volume play again. You you start him hoping that he'll find a touchdown against his Bama defense. Last game we'll discuss here before we move on to the others. Again, running a little long here, but again, a lot of great matchups to discuss. Kansas State, TCU, number 17 versus number 8. TCU, the five-point favorite here. What kind of game do we get here, Chris Moxley? Because we have seen Kansas State get into real low-scoring affairs, which with, I would say, a pretty decent offense in Tulane. But we've also seen them get into absolute shootouts. We've seen them score 35-plus against teams like Oklahoma. I feel like we lean closer to the shootout here based off of what TCU's offense here. And if that is the case, do we feel comfortable starting the Kansas State players here? Do we, do we start Adrian Martinez? Do we start Deuce Vaughn? No. No. Maybe yes. I don't know. I don't feel good about starting either. Deuce Vaughn has basically been like in name only a good fantasy asset. Like he has not been delivering what you need, especially in the touchdown just, department. I would say he can't get the touchdowns. He has he has yeah. gotten the yardage. That has been the yeah, that's, by far the most annoying thing. I mean, the Iowa State game yeah. notwithstanding, he wasn't very good there, but like he had he had let's see. In the last three games before Iowa State, he had 80-plus rushing yards, in all, or he had 100-plus receiving and, and uh, rushing yards, zero touchdowns in all three games. That has just been one of the most annoying things, and Adrian Martinez is fully to blame there. So is that enough for you, Mox, to just say, I'd rather just find another option elsewhere, even though he's clearly getting the volume, clearly getting the yardage you want. It's just he can't, he's just gotten unlucky in the touchdown department. I have him ranked pretty low this week. Let me see. I have him ranked RB38 this week. I'm low, very low on Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, I'm a little, a little harsh, I'm a little but scared. So okay, but like if you it. don't, if you if you think this is a shootout and you're low on Deuce Vaughn, that must mean you're pretty high on Adrian Martinez here, right? I just don't think this is gonna be a shootout. Okay. I think it goes under. Um, total actually kansas state plays really slow football um i'm not sure they're gonna score a lot of points to be to be honest what's the over in this game is it like 59 59 yeah i which means that kansas state's implied t- team totals like 24 24 is 20, math yeah. right 24 yeah, 25 so, uh, probably more along the lines of like 26 27 yeah well i'm not that good at mental math I'm, and I'm, the totals aren't out yet so i can't rely on it but that's not a lot of points. Like, it's not a shootout shootout in the... Like, I don't think they're going to score more than 30. I think they're going to score under 28. So, 
I mean, I'm not that confident in projecting high-end finish for anybody on this team, to mm. be frank. TCU is a different story. I think you can start uh, both Max Dugan, Quentin Johnston. I say Quentin Johnston, he's in week gotta three. Got to start him. Can't can't sit him at this point. Uh, he's heating up. And then I don't really want to start Kendra Miller, but I think you – I don't know how many better options teams are going to have. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, enough talking about the game. So let's go go ahead and get over into these sit start discussions. That is a good chunk of you why you are here. So let's get into these. We got two quarterback questions, two running back questions. Surprise! I'm going to give you all three wide receiver questions. This is part of the reason why you should be following me on Twitter because I put out a poll earlier today because we had so many good questions this week. I decided to let you guys decide which position was going to get an extra discussion tonight, and so you guys voted. A pretty good margin for a third wide receiver discussion tonight, so we'll give that to you guys. We got two flex questions, and we gave you guys two tight end questions with a little bit of prodding I needed to give you guys on that one because for some reason, y'all just didn't want to give us tight end questions this week, and poor Chris was crying in his closet. I had to go over to his house. I had to bring him out. Got to, I had to give him a big old hug. Got him his little teddy bear named Pookie. It was, it was bad, y'all. It was bad. All right, so we got the tight end questions. We'll get to those later, but let's start off with these quarterbacks. First one up here. This one comes to us from Steven on Twitter. He is asking, Quinn Ewers going up against Oklahoma State or Jaden Daniels, quarterback at LSU, going up against Ole Miss? Jaden Daniels has been starting to get a little bit hotter. He has had multiple 25-plus point performances lately. His legs have really kind of come in handy. I kind of understand why you are kind of looking at this and saying, like, okay, it's a very close game. The um, I believe the point spread on this game is a pick between LSU and Ole Miss, so they're expecting plenty of points in this game, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later here. But to me... This is a start your sud situation. Quinn Ewers has shown now that he's back from injury that he is that dude. He is a guy who can elevate this Texas offense. He has tons of weapons. He's got Jatavian Sanders. He's got Xavier Worthy. He's got Jordan Whittington, who's all right, but, you know, reliable. And then you have a great pass-catching running back in Bijan Robinson and Roshan Johnson. Don't sleep on Roshan Johnson. That's, a, that's another pretty good weapon Texas has got there. They're going up against Oklahoma State, who's 126 against the pass. Just look at what quarterbacks have done to them over and over and over again this year. Steven, don't overthink this one. Just start Quinn Ewers. Mox, what are your thoughts? No notes. No notes. That's Quinn Ewers, don't overthink it. That's exactly what I was thinking. Again, if you were in a tougher situation, I do think Jaden Daniels is a pretty good start this week. I think he is. I think it's he a is. fun grab off the waiver wire if he's there. And if you're really stuck, go ahead and play him this week. You could get a lot of points out of him. But again, don't overthink it. Start your stud here. Moving on here. We got a three-way battle here. This is a pick two. So really, we're kind of picking out which one we wouldn't start out of the three here. But I we got three fun options here that... um. If, if these three were on my roster, I definitely would have to think about which one I would go with this week. This one comes to us from Mr. Zachary Fagan on Twitter. He is asking about Mr. Max Dugan, quarterback out of TCU, who's going up against Kansas State this week. We were just talking about that game. Or he could go up against, or he could go with Colin Schley, quarterback out of Kent State, going up against Akron. 
or Daquan Finn, quarterback out of Toledo, who's going up against Buffalo this week. So, Chris Moxley, I will let you start on this one. I have my answers, but I will let you say the first words here. Yeah, uh, it's Schley and Finn for me. Schley's going against the worst, I mean, not the worst, but a bottom five defense in Akron. I mean, we've seen Kent State just tear it up the last few weeks despite losing. I mean, I talked about how they posted 725 yards in regulation against Ohio. Akron is a lot worse than Ohio. I I think this is a huge get-right spot for Kent State. So I, I'm rolling with Schley, and I I just I love the situation for that entire offense. I have Marquez Cooper as my RB two this week. Like that's I love 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 this spot for Kent State. So I'm not pivoting from him, and I'm gonna go with Finn because this game is really interesting to me because both these defensive have kind of been impressive, but I they haven't really played anybody. So Finn's coming off a monster performance last week, and I think I think. It's going to be duplicated, and I think this game goes over the implied team to- the game total. And I, I mean, I like, I just like both sides of this game. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that game goes over. So I'm on the Finn train. I like Max Dugan a lot, uh, but Kansas State's defense is really like by far the best unit in this question too. So that's kind of leads me towards Finn. But Schley, I'm just all over. Um, I actually, so I have Finn ranked. Uh, quarterback three. I have Schley ranked quarterback uh, 12, and I have Dugan ranked quarterback 20 or 19. So that's that's how I have it currently. All right. First disagreement of the night. Let's go with this one. All right. Schley is an auto start here out of this bunch. Obviously, he is going up against the worst, worst defense here. He's an absolute stud. Don't overthink his performance last week. I don't care that he only scored 24 points and he didn't score you the 35 40 you were looking for that we have promised you. Toledo is a pretty good defense in the MAC. That is like Mox. You just said you just said Toledo hasn't really played anybody. I would disagree again. Kent State's a legit offense for Toledo to go up against, and it was a very good test for them. They they kept them down and they scored at will on Kent State, regardless. But Schley's the obvious pick here um, out of the two. I am rolling with Duggan over Finn, and it has everything to do with volume here because. Mox, you say that Finn is going to repeat his performance from last week, but tell me, how likely is it that we're going to see six passing touchdowns on only 22 attempts? Because that's what he did no, last I week, mean, and yes. it's, it's, it's awesome. But at the same time, like that's, a, that's an efficiency that you can't really match there. And over the last three games, these two are going up against very similar passing defenses, at least in terms of just raw numbers. Dugan's going up against a 55th passing defense. Finn's going up against the 52nd passing defense in the country. The big difference for me here is that Duggan is getting 10 plus more touches per game over the last three games than Daquan Finn is. Duggan has gotten 43.67 touches per game in the last three games. Meanwhile, Finn is sitting there at only 32.67 touches per game. I think I'd rather roll with Duggan. We're both in agreement, Mox, that out of the two teams that in Kansas State and TCU, we both trust TCU to score more, to score points in that game. The difference is whether we think Kansas State will or not. And Max Doug is going to be a big part of that. Again, Kendrick Miller are obviously going to be a thorn in your side there a little bit, but he's going to be a huge part. He's got his own rushing ability. 
I would trust Duggan more in this scenario. And again, I love Finn. I started him last week in a spot start. It was the greatest thing in the world for one of my leagues. He was absolutely awesome. He's going to kill it in action. All three of these guys are startable options in any given week. But if you're telling me between these three, I'm going to go with Schley and Duggan. Uh, final thought on this real quick. I have, so I pulled up my, my grades of each secondary I have Kansas State ranked as the sixth overall secondary, and I have Buffalo ranked as the 54th overall secondary. Mm. So a little scared of the Kansas State side of this, which is hence why I lean Finn. But we both, I, I mean, I think TC is going to be able to score. I just don't know how much of that's going to be Duggan. So mm-hmm. that is our disagreement so yep. far. That's our disagreement. So, uh, uh, Mr. Zachary, listen to both of us and decide who do you think is more convincing. So, Next question we got going on here. This is one that there's no way this wasn't going to make it on the show. Not only because I think it's an interesting question, but there were a lot of people who commented underneath that they really wanted to hear this discussed. And I'm like, you know what? If That's an easy way to get onto the show. If you get people underneath you saying like, hey, I would really like to hear this question answered. This seems pretty interesting. And it is an interesting question. This one comes to us from Justin Nottingham, our good friend, longtime friend of the show. He is asking about Marion Lukes, the surprise starting running back for Central Michigan last week after both Lou Nichols and Miles Bailey out of nowhere just unavailable for that game. And he absolutely killed it last week. Or, and he's going up against Bowling Green, which is a great matchup, obviously. Or, do we have Kalen LeBourne, the stud running back so far this year? I believe he is currently running back six on the year. So he's been absolutely killing it. But he's going up against James Madison this week, a very good rushing defense. Here's the thing. I kind of boil this all down to what's going on with Lou Nichols and Miles Bailey. Because if both of those guys are out again this week, which again, it's going to be so difficult all week long to figure out what's going on with that situation, then Marion Lukes is the easy start here out of the bunch because it's just a much better matchup. He would be going up against Bowling Green, who's 96 against the rush versus Caleb LeBourne. As much as he's been a stud and just been able to find points any given week, he's going up against the number one rushing defense in the country. Now, granted, they did give up quite a bit to um, Percy Aguiobise last week for James... Uh, wait, I'm, I'm dumb. I'm dumb. He's, he plays for James Madison. Scratch that, roll it back, regardless. Kalen LeBourne, the big thing with him is that he seems to find points any given week, even in a bad matchup last week against Louisiana. He was still able to find 24 points for you, so you still felt pretty confident in that. It's one of those things, Do you like, if Miles Bailey or Lou Nichols comes back this week, I will be very hesitant to play Marion Lukes because, again, that regulates him back down to RB2 or RB1. Versus LeBourne, who is the clear number one running back for for Marshall right now. And I've been really kind of surprised about the fact that Marshall has just really taken their time rolling Ali back into this. I could have sworn we would have seen him get carries by now. And they just have really took take their time with it. So, Mox, what are you thinking on this one? Because to me, it kind of all boils down to what happens with that Mich- Central Michigan backfield. Yeah, if neither back plays... I, I think it's clearly Luke's, uh, and I don't think either one is going to play. I mean, I have him ranked as a top ten option this week with that assumption. Uh, LeBorn scares me a little bit because James Madison 
is the best rush defense in the country currently. Yep. Um, 36.2 yards per game <laughs> rushing on defense. Oh, right first in explosiveness. I mean, they're just like killer on the ground. So I, I have LeBorn ranked really low, uh, like in the 60s or something like that, just because I'm giving him credit for what he's what he's done already. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I and there's rumors that Ali might return this week. I don't know if he will, but that has been... I've, I've been hearing been rumors discussed. like that pretty much ever since the bye week and it, like leading up to the bye week, and it just hasn't materialized. Um, so here's here's the scenario. Neither the Central Michigan backs play. You play Luke's. Otherwise, I think you have to play Laborde. Bottom line. Yeah. Again, Nichols comes back. I think it's clearly Laborde because again, Luke Nichols is going to come back. He'll overtake Luke's very very quickly. Miles Bailey. I'm a little bit more hesitant to say that he would overtake Luke's because why not keep on with Luke's? He clearly was a hot hand last week. But at the same time, we've seen Bailey already this year. And when he had the chance, when Lou Nichols went down early in a game, he performed very well. So I don't know really what to do with either one of those guys. They're both performing pretty well. Yeah, I'm, I hate to give you a non-answer on this one, Justin. But for me, it really is just keep an eye on, the, keep an eye on what little news you can get throughout the week. Because that really, really pushes which way this one goes. Yeah, and I think the Marshall game actually happens first, right? Uh, I do believe. I think so. Marshall JMU is this like during the week. Uh, I'd have to check that, but yes, I do believe so. Uh, no, I take that back. It's actually on Saturday. Maybe, I, maybe I was thinking of of something else. Um, so the that game is at three thirty, and the Bowling Green game is at Central Michigan game is at one. So you should probably you should have an answer on the more pressing situation first, and so when you get an answer on that. That'll give you the ability to decide. Yeah. I concur. Again, sorry not to give you a real answer there, Justin. But again, best thing we can do is just give you advice on how we would play it. And that's how I'd play it. It's just keep an eye on that news all week. So next running back question up here. We got a three-way, another pick two. This one comes from Mike C on Twitter. He is asking between Chris's favorite running back, Dominic Richardson, who's going up against Texas this week. Or we could talk about Chris's other favorite running back, Kendry Miller, going up against Kansas State. Or we have a third option here, Evan Hall versus going up against Maryland this week in a potential bounce-back week. Because, again, Evan Hall's been having a pretty rough time of it lately. Chris Moxley, it is your turn to go first. Where are your thoughts on this one, sir? I'm going to go Kendry Miller. Uh, I just don't like the other two options is the bottom line. We can talk all we want how Dominic Richardson is getting opportunity, but he's doing jack shit with it, so I don't care. Like, yes, he is doing basically the bare minimum he possibly can with this opportunity. And so, yes, he's not awful. Test <laughs> defense pretty good. I think this is actually going to be a legitimate test for them. Um. I don't want to play Evan Hull. Evan Hull was awesome at the beginning of the year, but I mean, that team is just so bad that I don't even think that he can get that same opportunity. He's not being targeted at the same rate that he was prior. So don't really want to start him. So I end up a Kedra Miller, a guy that I don't, I'm not super excited to start either. I mean, I don't really like any of these options, but if you're down between the three, I'm on Kedra Miller this week. So Chris, I regret to inform you of two things. One, I now have to put an explicit on this podcast, thanks to you. Secondly, um, 
Uh, it, was, pick, it was this, coming at some point, I'm sure. This is this is a pick two question, so you have to pick between Dominic Richardson and oh, Evan Hall. Oh, crap. I missed the pick two. Um, all right, give me Dominic Richardson because I know what his opportunity is going to look like, and I know that he's going to be the lead back there. So I have a, I have a calculation for weighted opportunity. Um, basically, I assign like what the expected outcome of a rush attempt is and what the expected outcome of a pass t- uh, target is. He's getting 18.1 per game. That's pretty good um for Richardson and you know I don't love him but I feel a lot more confident that that offense can actually put up points than Northwestern yeah this one boiled down to volume and matchup Miller and Richardson both have the better matchups although again they're both going up against pretty good rushing defenses overall Miller going up against Kansas State who's 52nd on the rush uh Richardson going up against Texas who's 35th on the rush however they both get more touches per game in the last three games than Hull has gotten Miller with 19, Richardson with 24.7. Hull is last in both categories. He is seeing about 16.67 touches per game in the last three games. And also he's going up against Maryland, who is 22nd against the run. Now, I don't know how much is that actually Maryland's defense just being good against the rush, or is it them just being really bad against the pass? And so teams just pass against them and don't really rush on them too much. We'll see. Regardless, I'd probably roll with Dominic Richardson and Kendra Miller here, which is really sad because Devin, Evan Hall had such a good start to the season. Moving on to our wide receivers here. This is an interesting one because we got two players from the same team here. One of which has a lot of speculation kind of going into he, into it a little bit. And then we get a Liberty wide receiver just kind of thrown in the middle of this, which I just kind of love. Um, of course, I'm talking about Julian Fleming, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. Uh, he and his compa- compatriot, who's also in the question here, Jackson Smith and Jigba, both going up against the Iowa defense this week. And then to tag along, we have Demario Douglas, the wide receiver out of Liberty, who is going up against BYU this week. First of all, minor victory lap here. I said all offseason that Julian Fleming would be a viable fantasy option for Ohio State this year because he is a starting wide receiver. And guess what? The last four games, he has seen 15-plus fantasy points in every single game because that is just what he does every game. He's not Emeka Ibuka, Marvin Harrison, don't get me wrong, but he has been Mr. Consistent in that offense and has been nice to see. But the question is now, what happens with Jackson Smith and Jigba coming back out of this bunch? Last time we saw Jackson Smith and Jigba, he came back for one game, but I think he had like, what, three receptions for like 21, 26 yards. It was not an impressive outing. Very clearly still limited. There's a reason why he stayed out for the next couple of games after that. Clearly still nursing something. This is all speculation to me because if Jackson Smith and Jigba comes back and he's fully JSN, there's an obvious answer here. You play Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's the best wide receiver easily out of this bunch. But if he but there, you run the risk of him just having another day like he did the last time that he was out. Now, I feel like Day wouldn't do that again. I feel like he really wants it to be with JSN now. If he's back, he's back. If he's not, we keep him out because he's too valuable down the line for us to mess something up here. So the word is we see him play this week. I'm going to roll Jackson Smith and Jigba out of here. And again, Demario Douglas, I... 
That Liberty offense is not the same right now without Caden Salter. Jonathan Bennett's fine, but his touchdown opportunity, Douglas's touchdown opportunities have gone way down ever since that QB switch due to Salter being out. I'm not really considering him here. I would say I would roll Jackson Smith and Jigba out of this bunch. Mox, where are you going with this one? Um, JSN, pretty easily. Uh, the only reason that Fleming is even on the field is because JSN is hurt. Like, I, like I disagree. Not, he, I really disagree. He's an outside he's wide not receiver. nearly, nearly as good as Marvin Harrison or Emeka Egbuka, though. And JSN is clearly like a top three receiver there. So like, I don't know where Fleming fits in. I, in again, I think uh, I think we see Egbuka lose opportunity when JSN gets back out there full time. Oh, I would be I would be very surprised if that happened because I just think he's. I legitimately okay, think okay. he's just so much okay, better than okay, me. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, let me let me say this. I think it is more likely that we see Ohio State just move to a four wide receiver system where all four of those guys are out there consistently than we see them consistently stay in three wide receiver sets and Julian Fleming is the one who comes off the field. I just don't see it happening where Fleming is taken off because, yeah, is he as talented as Emeka Igbuka? Probably not, but I think he's a better outside wide receiver than Emeka Igbuka. He plays the outside position better than Emeka Igbuka does. So I would say that, again, I don't think Fleming loses a ton of opportunity. I mean, he loses opportunity in the fact that Jackson Smith and Jigba is out there and he is a target. He has more people to compete against. No doubt about that. That's why I'm rolling with Jackson Smith and Jigba if he plays. But I don't think he becomes a non-factor to the point where he's just not even on the field anymore. Okay. Um, Julian Fleming over under... 14 points per game average the rest of the season. I believe he's been averaging about 18 in the four games that he's played so far. He's been a little touchdown dependent, so kind of split the difference on that. Probably brings you right about 15. Increased opportunity. I'd say I'd take a slight under, but I do think he's up there. In okay, terms 13, 13 points. 13 points, I'd take the over. I think okay. it's going to be right under. I'm on the right under on- here. We are, this is this is write this down. All right, I'm, I'm okay. I'll write We're it down. We're revisiting this season end. Okay, all right. J S or excuse me, Julian Fleming under Fleming. thirteen points per game, average per game, rest of the season. Thirteen point five. Uh, PPR or non? Yeah, sure. Or right, PPR, PPR fantasy points, and then we're just gonna say week week eight on or total season. Week eight on. Okay, we get on. Again, just trying to make sure we get the bet down here. Make it make it clear what what the state what what the terms and conditions are here. So again, just repeat. Julian Fleming under thirteen points per game average in PPR formats from week eight on. Cool. I will I will double check that at the end of the season. So feeling feeling a little nervous, but. (laughs) <laughs> I, I i think you might have hurt yourself a little bit there with the ppr just a little bit but we'll see ah, i i just don't think he's gonna be on the field very often so let's see anyway let's back see. back to back to the question here again by the way this comes from ba- uh brad uh liebfried i forgot to mention his name at the very beginning here but brad i think we're both in agreement regardless just roll the dice on jsn this week because it's it if, if he is out there playing full-time he's going to be incredible for you Moving on to our next wide receiver question here. This is a fun one because, again, I get I get these questions from people. 
in leagues that do this, and I think it is finally time that we kind of bring this up in terms of how to deal with this. We're, of course, or we're talking about a question here from Rebel Football on Twitter, and he is asking about Jalen McMillan, wide receiver out of Washington, who's going up against Cal this week, or do we go with last week's player of the week, Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee, going up against UT Martin, but in Rebels League, they have a 20% reduction for players going up against FCS opponents. First of all, that's a crime. I, I, I hate, I, I I hate, hate that so much. I, I hate, hate leagues who do that because there are FCS opponents that are better than a lot of G5 opponents. And that division doesn't make it, like, shouldn't change how you play fantasy football. But I digress, regardless of how we feel about it, Mox, and I, we both feel the same way. Get them to change. Get them to change the rules, Rebel Football. Say this is ridiculous. Um, every team, almost every team, plays an FCS opponent each year, and like Jared said, a lot of FCS opponents are better than the bottom of the the conference. So, like, what are we? Like, what are we doing here? I, I, I Look at saying, James Madison. James Madison was in the FCS, and they weren't even a top five FCS team in the last couple of years. Top ten, sure, not top five. Exactly. Like, They're six and one. Like, I'm sorry. Like, which which is a tougher opponent? North Dakota, who is an FCS, or North Dakota State, who's an FCS team, or Temple? And you're going to reduce the players who play against North Dakota State? Doesn't make any sense. Regardless, South Dakota State, South Dakota. Wait, was it South Dakota State or South Dakota? Now I don't remember. I think South Dakota State almost beat Iowa in the season opener. By the way, yeah, like I, I, what everybody considers a good Big Ten team. So let's just. I don't like this rule. You could have them play this back this last minute and a half back. And I'm not even talking just to Rebel here because I know so many people in the Southern League who listen to this podcast. I'm talking to all of you right now. Guys, just get rid of this league. Anyway, regardless of how we feel about it, the point is that this is something that some people have to deal with. Uh, It's a crime, but it is something they have to deal with. So how do we go about this? Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, it's your turn, Mox. I should probably let you go first. Um... I'm going to go with Jalen McMillan, and if it wasn't for the 20% discount I'd pr- reduction, I'd probably go with Jalen Hyatt. <laughs> I just don't know what to think about uh, what Tennessee's going to do this week. I actually think that they are going to big-time hangover uh, spot. So, like, I, I don't know if we're going to see a super productive Tennessee offense. I think they might all get pulled early and uh, I do. not get a lot. They're playing UT Martin. Again, I doubt this is a true hangover spot. I think even I think even a 20% Tennessee can probably still roll UT Martin. Here's my deal. Oh, yeah. They, they absolutely can. They're going to want to sit their guys relatively early in this game. This isn't a tune-up game that they have early in the season where they want to get their starters some reps and everything like that. They just came off Alabama. They just came off a very physical football game, an emotionally draining football game. They're going to get their starters out pretty early in this game. And you are kind of rolling the dice that Hyatt just scores a touchdown early in this game. Otherwise, it could be one of those deals where it's middle of second quarter. They're already pulling starters and everything like that. He might be good for probably one really big play. But if you don't get that, you're screwed. And you're even more screwed with this 80% discount here. I'd rather just roll with Joe McMillan, get my full allotted points that i deserve out of this he is still a very good wide receiver he is getting 8.67 targets over the last three games per game i and cal is a defense that can be taken advantage of mcmillan should be able to find a touchdown somewhere in there i would roll with mcmillan out of this bunch even and again even with 
out the 80% discount, I probably still would roll McMillan out of these two. Because again, the matchup is just one that I think that they're going to take Hyatt out early. Yeah, I agree with that. I McMillan's opportunity has just gone down a little, little bit more than I wanted it to. He's just being used in roles where he's not going to have a high catch percentage. Mm. So uh, converting is a little tougher. But yeah, I, especially in this format, I mean, you got to go with McMillan. I I hate this rule, by the way. Just, just fire. In, in case I wasn't clear. In case I wasn't clear. Yeah, hate. just fire into the song. All right, moving on to our last wide receiver question, our bonus wide receiver question of the week. This one comes from Austin Smith. He is asking between two wide receivers from very good passing attacks this year. We got Keelan Stokes, wide receiver out of Tulsa, going up against Temple. Or we have DeCorian Clark, wide receiver out of UTSA, who is going up against North Texas. Normally, I would kind of go with the whole, like, I would just solely base this on oh, Temple has a pretty good passing defense. Well, we kind of saw against with UCF last week, at some point it doesn't really matter. You just have to be good enough to overcome Temple's passing at- passing defense. And I think that Tulsa being one of the more prolific passing attacks in the G5 can kind of overcome that. So that kind of neutrals out here a little bit. My big thing is that Clark is going up against a North Texas defense that truly is horrendous against the pass. He is one of the top options for Frank Harris. I think he is able to find any given points week in and week out. I think you have two good options here, but I think I'll go with the game that I think there's going to be more scoring opportunities. There's going to be a higher score for both teams in it, in it, a greater need to pass. I think I'll probably lean towards Clark here, but I don't blame anybody for going with Stokes. What do you think, Box? How many wide receivers, like how, what is the status of this league where you have to decide between Keelan Stokes and DeCorian Clark. Like, you must have really, really good wide receivers because I have Stokes ranked as wide receiver five this week and Clark ranked as wide receiver 13. Yep. So, like, asking me to pick is, is like, hey, start both. Like, Austin, you- Austin listens to the show all the time, so clearly he, he is just doing... He, like, he, he is, and he his league mates aren't, and that's why he's doing so well. He must. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Stokes. Um, Temple stinks. And uh, I think <laughs> you learned I, that lesson the hard way last week. I did. Uh, I thought their defense might be not awful. And it turns out they are awful. Um, but yeah. I mean, this is so close for me. I, it, it, you have to be in a very specific circumstance to not start both of these players, in my opinion. So yeah. if I am choosing between one, I will go with Stokes. Cause I just, I just like the way uh, the Tulsa offense operates and how big of a piece of that offense he is. So, but both are both. Yeah, I don't both top 13 wide receivers. So almost every situation you're starting them. Yeah, if you want a true tiebreaker here, uh, Austin, I'll throw out the fact that uh, Stokes is seeing about one target more per game over the last three games than Clark is. I think that's a pretty good tiebreaker right there if you're really looking for something. So let's move on to our flex options here. This one comes to us from Ty Myers. Uh, He wanted to point out this is a half PPR league. He has decided between running back, freshman phenom, running back out of California, Jaden Ott, versus going up against Washington this week, or our good friend Julian Fleming is back going up against Iowa, or we're talking about Dominic Richardson, running back out of Oklahoma. I I would say, Chris, man, we're talking about all your favorite players tonight, dude. Like This is great. Um, I believe it is your turn too to start here. So let's, let's hear it, Mox. Like, which one of these are you going with? 
This is Jaden. I'm just not overthinking his performance last week. The Washington defense is so bad. I had a great first like 17, 18 minutes of the game, and then kind of just it, the game script got away from them a little bit against Colorado. Uh, he's so involved in both phases of the game too. Just a really good pass catcher was using that way a bunch earlier in the season. The big thing with the other two players is I don't think Julian Fleming is going to be on the field a whole bunch, which I, we just reiterated earlier. Um, but I don't like the matchup for Dominic Richardson all that much. I, I don't want to rehash it, but I need to go Jaden not here. I'm not overthinking. I just don't think you want to overthink Jaden not this week. I, I think that coming off a bad matchup, you're tempted to kind of look elsewhere, but I, I wouldn't. He is my RB 10. Like I have confidence in him this week and I don't have Julian Fleming ranked. I don't think. And I ranked like 140 players this week. So kind of tells you how I feel about him. If it makes you feel better, Mox, I definitely threw out Fleming. The first one out of this bunch again, like I, I like Fleming out of this bunch, but again, to me, he's clearly the the third best option out of this bunch. He is not somebody I would start if these were my options. Uh, and I was, I was secondary is really good too. So this isn't like a he's gonna get garbage time rotation. Like they have a really good secondary. I think I think Iowa is one of those teams where like yes they have a really good secondary when they're facing an average team, but like for an offense like Ohio State's, you have to be a certain level of talent to reach it. I just don't think Iowa is that level. Of, they're truly gonna slow down the Ohio State passing attack. Like I'm starting C.J. Shroud everywhere. Without question, like I'm starting Travion Henderson and I'm sure I'm starting Marvin Harrison, JSM, wherever I can, because I, I, I don't well, I, think I I agree with that. Um, I mostly just say that because I think instead of scoring 50 points, I think Iowa State's going to score like or Ohio State's going to score like 31 points. Yeah, probably. Which, I mean, that doesn't leave a lot on the bone for secondary options like Julian Fleming is, is I guess, the big uh, the big argument that I have. Yeah. Fair enough. And then that, that leaves me with Ott and Richardson. I'm going to go Ott here as well. Um, again, they're both going up against pretty good rushing defenses for the most part. But again, it's one of those things where I can see the Washington-Cal uh, game just getting higher in terms of uh, scoring opportunity for both teams, even though Ott is seeing less touches per game over the last three games than Richardson is. As we kind of reiterated on the show a couple times, Richardson's not very explosive. Ott can be explosive. Ott can be a game changer for this California offense. He is a very big part of it. I'm going to roll with that guy, the guy who's going to see a good chunk here. So I, I'm going to go with Ott. Uh, I'm going to agree with you, Chris. Yep. I don't think we're having this conversation if Ott didn't have a down week last week either. I agree. So just, now again yeah, it, it, it was a very rough week to have a down week because again that colorado rush defense is literally one of the worst in the country so it was just kind of a shock for a lot of us but still can we talk about that game real quick sure. um i know we're running a little long but colorado stormed the field by the way after beating this cal team because they hadn't won a game five on the season just throwing just throwing that out there they stormed the field that is how bad colorado is currently down to be fair, though, when you're that bad, I don't blame you for storming the field. Anyway, that's we got, just sad. We got to keep rolling. Got to keep rolling. We got another. We got another pick two here with flexes. This one comes from my favorite name to say on the show, and that is Big Papa Pump. And we're talking here between Monterey Baldwin, wide receiver out of Baylor, going up against Kansas this week, 
or we got Daywood Davis, wide receiver out of Western Kentucky, going up against UAB, or we have Percy Aguirre Obise, running back out of James Madison, going up against Marshall. Baldwin, let's talk about Baldwin. If you're starting him, you're relying on one great performance from two weeks ago where he went nine targets, seven receptions, 174 yards, and two touchdowns. That's a great, great line. Don't get me wrong. And this matchup's great. It's Kansas. It's 125th passing defense in the country. Whoop-de-doo, that sounds awesome, but you have no way of knowing that Baldwin will be the dude they rely on this week. We just saw... Uh, God, what's his name? Uh, we talked about Kevin him. Holmes. We just saw Holmes go off this past week. We don't know which way Baylor's going to go with their wide receiver. He's the clear third out for me here, even though I don't love the option or the matchups for uh, POA and Davis this week. I will also say Davis a lot. I've noticed a lot of people really kind of questioning Davis now because of his down week this past week. Y'all receivers have bad weeks. Let's not forget what Davis had done up until this point. He was a guy that was seeing eight-plus targets in every game for Western Kentucky up until this point. Last week, only five targets, only two catches. It was a bad week for him, but it's one bad week. We start seeing multiple bad weeks in a row, then we get concerned. I'm no problem starting him this week, even though I don't love the matchup against UAB. The implied team total for Western Kentucky this week is still 30, though, and I think Davis will be a big part of that. And then in addition to that, POA, yeah, Marshall is second in rushing defense in the country. I don't love that. But once again, team total for James Madison is implied at 32.25. I feel pretty good about that. Um, and I think Percy Aguiobis will still be able to perform pretty well with that. So out of these, out of this bunch, I'll roll with Davis and Aguiobise. Mox, what do you think? Yeah, this, this is the pick two, so it's easily those two. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad I didn't have yeah, to pick he, between Davis and Aggie Obese, though. Yeah, I, I, I actually really like both this week. Um, and I wouldn't worry about Davis either. I, I think that's kind of a little overblown. 10 targets over his last three games. He's still averaging 17.2 fantasy points. I mean, no reason to, to, to panic now, right? Like, he, he's fine. He's a big piece of his offense. UAB is a, has a good secondary, but he's certainly a better pick than Baldwin is. Mm. And to clarify something with Mox real quick, Mox meant 10 targets per game over the last three games, not 10 yes, targets total yes, over yes, the yes, last yes, three yes, games. Yes, yes. So, 30 targets over his last three. <laughs> yeah, just 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 clarifying, because I was going to say, I'm like, man, 10 targets in the last three games does not sound impressive. No, it's 10 targets per yeah. game over the last three games. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, yes. I, it felt obvious when I said it, but... Yeah. Just clarifying for those 3. out there. Three targets per game, yes. Um, real quick, or not real quick, let's move on to Moxley's favorite position to talk about because we have beaten up so much on this poor man tonight. We have to get these tight end questions in. And we're going to first talk about, um, this one comes from Kyle Jackson on Twitter. He's asking about Jatavian Sanders versus Oklahoma State. Or we could go with Mason Fairchild, the new tight end out of Kansas going up against Baylor. This one's no contest to me, Mox, but you go ahead and give your thoughts because it is your turn. Okay, I think your known contest is going to be on the same page as me. Yeah. Um, what is with this Mason Fairchild hype? He's had like, two he's good had, games, and then everybody. Yeah, he had, 
like he had a really good game last week. Don't get me wrong. He like what was it like six for one hundred six and a touchdown. Yeah, he um, scored like twenty five fantasy he, points. Yeah, the week before he had uh like three for eighty or something like that. Come on, people! Like just pump the brakes for a second. Like don't overreact to a single week. Every single I feel like half the questions we're getting here, people are overreacting. Yes. Just take the whole season in. Think a little more critically is, is all I'm going to say, right? Like not everything is a week by week um, approach. And so Fairchild, yeah, awesome game. Really excited. They put it on the Oklahoma defense. The Oklahoma defense stinks. And uh, it's definitely a tougher matchup against Baylor this week. But Jatavian Sanders has been, uh, has three straight weeks of really solid production, four touchdowns in those last three games. Um, I, he's a favorite target of Queen Ewers. He's a number yeah. two option in this offense. I am not. Uh, moving away from him until I see Fairchild put up more consistency and Sanders suffer. Like Sanders had 6.7 points last week. Like, is that great? No. The week, two weeks before he was dominating though. So yeah. I'm not, again, don't overreact to a game. Yeah, this is overthinking it. I, again, Fairchild, if you want to hold on to him on your roster, be, have him be there in case like Sanders goes down or if, He's, yeah, he's worth, uh, or text, he's worth rostering. He's sure. worth rostering. But, like, again, when you're choosing between the two of these guys, I think Sanders is the obvious choice here. Uh, don't chase new money with Fairchild. Sanders is the old money, the consistent money. He is one of the best tight ends in the country so far this year. What is he at right now? He is currently uh, tight end 8 on the year versus Fairchild. Fairchild is tight end 15, but it doesn't take a lot to get up to tight end 15 if we're really being honest, especially when you have two good performances in a row. Jatavian Sanders so far this year, let me let me look at what he has done so far in terms of placement. So, so Sanders with Queen Ewers. These are his, his these are his stat lines. He has okay, oh, real quick. He Sanders yes. has had three top six tight end performances so far this year. Yep. Like Makes don't sense. overthink this, y'all. Don't overthink yep. it. He's been so much better with Queen Ewers too. Yes. Like six, eighty five, one uh 571 2 and then last week he had 3 for 37 but like two or three weeks he's winning you a, 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 he's not winning you a matchup but he's a huge piece of why you might be winning exactly all right moving on to the second tight end question this one to me is a little bit closer uh we're going to go with two tight ends here um that feel inconsistent on a week by week basis uh we got Gavin Bartholomew tight end out of Pittsburgh uh he is going up against Louisville this week and then we can also have Corey Dychess, the tight end wide receiver hybrid out of Maryland. He's going up against Northwestern this week. This one comes to us from Braden Schick this week. It is my turn to go first here. I don't love either one of these guys. I think I'm going to lean toward Dychess just a little bit because he is seeing uh, an additional target per game over the last three games. He's got 4.7 versus Bartholomew, who's getting 3.3. The problem for Dychess is that we may not get Talia Tagovailoa this week, although they did say he is a game-time decision now, which is a much better reality than I was going into the week assuming. I thought we weren't going to get Talia Tagovailoa, so maybe we get it. And these guys both have very similar passing defense matchups uh but i think that Dichess overall is a bigger part of the game plan than bartholomew is which is a crime against um the pittsburgh offensive coordinator right now signetti uh you need to involve bartholomew more is a very talented dude but i think out of these two 
I don't love it, but I would roll with Digest. What do you think, Mox? Is that how you pronounce it? Digest. Okay, because I have been saying it wrong the whole time then, so I apologize. Yeah, I, 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 thought it was a, I thought it was a long guy there as well. Okay, yeah, so I apologize to Digest for mispronouncing your name so many times. I'll also go with him, though. I mean, Pittsburgh just isn't using Bartholomew like they should. That's the bottom line. I mean, he just hasn't been as productive as you need him to be. Uh, this is a pretty good matchup, but at that point, like, you're getting three targets per game. Like, what do I care? He just hasn't been as good as we need him to be. I think you roll with Corey Deitches, um, who's basically a, a wide receiver who's playing the tight end position. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's a fun little cheat code. Yeah, he's, he's been really solid this year. I mean, he didn't have a great game against Indiana, uh, missing to a, to a Tulia, well, I should say. Um, but the week before, four for 106 and two, he had had a game 54, 60, uh, started the season with 632 and one. I mean, he's been really solid. Yeah. So I, I think you can start him. I think Bartholomew isn't in this conversation if he didn't have so much preseason hype. Yeah, probably. Because like he was, he was, he was a guy that a lot of people were on, and I was on him too. I drafted oh, yeah. him in quite a few places. So, uh, jokes on me. But I, I think with the information that we've had so far this season, I think you roll with Corey Deitches. Yeah, no argument for me there. Obviously, let's keep it moving here. It's gonna be a longer show, but that's okay. We got to talk about some of these higher scoring matchups here this week, and we'll start things off with a little bit of action again. Unfortunately, not. Tuesday night action or Wednesday night action, but it's action nonetheless. We got Northern Illinois going up against Ohio this week. Over under on this game, 65. Northern Illinois, the two-point favorite here, despite being 2-5 and five so far this year. That has to do, I think, a lot with the fact that NIU gets back their starting quarterback this week in Rocky Lombardi. Is that a major thing here, Mox? And are you thinking that Lombardi adds to this northern illinois offense to the point where he is startable and expands the startable options for niu yeah i i do did did you catch this last week what happened in the niu game i so, did not enlighten me yeah so uh what's the backup name jordan lynch yes. i think comes in first snap of the game th- throws a pass immediately Rocky Lombardi comes to comes in and plays the rest of the game. Just like absolute trickery from the NIU staff. Just ridiculous. Just That's absurd. pretty funny. Yeah, absurd. Uh, he's healthy. Uh, he just changes this offensive dynamic a lot. I, I, I think that they're a much better team with him under center. So I think you can play him. And I think you play Cole Tucker too at receiver yeah. because of it, because of that. Um, I think we're at the point where we just start Harrison Whaley at running back. I uh, just roll with him pretty much all the time. I think he's kind of taken over as RB one. Um, I don't know if I want to start Ontario Brown. Ontario Brown's kind of like a guy that you can start in, you know, a, a spot start, but not a guy I'm really reaching for. Mm-hmm. Um, the NIU side is side is probably three locked in guys, and then maybe Brown. But anywhere else you're going, I think you're mostly just reaching. Yeah, and I think it's kind of a similar story over here on the Ohio side. I think Curtis Rourke, the quarterback, he's worth a start this week. The only thing is that he hasn't quite, like last week was a little bit of a rough one because he wasn't getting the passing work and the passing touchdowns. You probably want to go along with it, despite the fact they scored so many points. 
But that's because the true star of the show for Ohio is Mr. Sabangira, the running back over there who, once again, if you have not picked him up off your waiver wire, you are committing a crime against very good running backs because he is going to be very good for you down the season. And then the other option here is, of course, the wide receiver Sam Wigless. I did find out that is not Wiggles. I directly reached out to Sam Wiggles to make sure that I was pronouncing the name correctly. And he did set me right on it. And I really appreciate him, by the way, just having having a good attitude about it. Um, But he he said, yeah, it is pronounced like Wiggles. So Sam Wiggles, I would say, is uh, definitely worth a start in this game if you're looking for a a way to take advantage of these higher scoring games. I have I have Wiggles as wide receiver 18 this week. I think he's in for another. Big, I had him high ranked uh, last week as well and the week before. So like I I I think he's a guy that you're probably starting unless you've just better options at, at this mm-hmm. point. Just really really solid option for Ohio. All right, moving on to our next game here. Let's go ahead and go over to the Big 12 shootout central, just like the good old days with the Big 12. We got West Virginia at Texas Tech this week. Texas Tech, the six-point favorite here. Over-under on this game, 68.5. Mox, which team would you like to discuss here? Uh, let me take West Virginia because they're the easier team to discuss. Okay. <laughs> so, Darn you. Uh, JT Daniels, I think he can start this week. I, I'm not super excited to start him, but I mean, this is a great matchup. For him, I think that he has two legit weapons on the outside in Bryce for Wheaton and Caden Prather. And Caden Prather has overtaken Bryce for Wheaton, I think, is the wide receiver one. Uh, more targets over the last three games. Yeah, more targets the last three games. He's he's just a really athletic, like dynamic player. Just a really exciting, fun dude who I think is an NFL future. Um, Bryce for Wheaton, I think you can start him as well, just because his totals six to eight and a half. So I mean, there's going to be a lot of points scored on each side here. Uh, CJ Donaldson should be back this week. Uh, you know, in the back concussion, but it sounds like he's on track to play. I think he's been cleared from concussion protocol. Um, I think you start him. I, I'm worried that he mixes in with Tony Mathis, who had a big game last week a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. But he was so good and had the backfield to himself for so long and did nothing to lose it that I think you start him. I think you just go back. And guess what? He's tight ended eligibility, so you don't even have to start him at running back. Joke exactly. Uh, I guess that does that does leave me over here with the Texas Tech Raiders and how to how 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 do okay first of all let's get the easy part of the way. Baron Morton starts this week. I doubt we see anything else there. We're Again, not they're, see the three quarterbacks. No, I don't. Three quarterback I, package. We 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 have heard that so many times that we would see all three <laughs> quarterbacks. They're going to start one quarterback. The real question is: Is Shuck healthy enough to come back this week? I have again. All indications are saying, no, he's not quite there yet. This will be another pretty big week for Morton. And if Morton has another big week, it might be the Morton show from here on out. It took us a little while to get there, but Morton really does look like the quarterback that Zach Kitley wants to work with in terms of just how his play style is. You watched Texas Tech last week in their game against, or the last time they played against Oklahoma State, it just looked like the Zach Kitley system so much more than what we saw. Granted, we didn't get to see a lot of Shuck, but definitely more than what Donovan Smith was doing. And the fact that just out of nowhere, Morton started over Smith, because they said that Smith was injured, but then all of a sudden Smith was getting snaps at wide receiver. They they lied. Morton overtook him. They, they wanted to see what they had in Morton. 
he's the start for me. The question then really that really then does become like, what do you do with this wide receiver room? Obviously, keep an eye out for the health of Miles Price. I think he is worth a start if he is healthy, if he is playing in this game. Because again, when he has played, he has seen six, seven targets on or on average. And then, of course, against Texas, he had the monster 17 target game, 13 catches, didn't score a touchdown. But regardless, like there's clearly a plan for when things get hairy, Miles Price will be heavily involved. Jared Bradley, although he did kind of fall behind a little bit at one point, I think we do see him kind of retake that outside role. And then I'd say Trey Cleveland is the other wide receiver that I'm feeling a little bit decent about. He's the one that I would say is kind of taking over the other outside role right now. I don't feel as confident about that. He feels like an emergency start versus the other two I feel a little bit better about. And then there's Xavier White. I'm still trying to figure out what Xavier White's role is on this team. I probably would hold off on him, even though this is a pretty good matchup. And I just assume we're out on Nehemiah Martinez at this point. I'm holding on to him in some leagues in terms of like really, really deep leagues. But like I think that ship has come and sailed off. Uh, I think they're really trying to figure out who were going to be the guys to step up for them early on. And he just kind of fell behind. I agree with that. No arguments. I man, I have no idea what to do these running backs though. Just I'm, oh, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. I I, I I I do like Taj Brooks, but like they haven't really settled in as him being the number one guy. So I'm just gonna don't worry about it. Moving on, let's go to SEC matchup. We don't get a lot of these in terms of uh, high over unders, but we kind of mentioned it earlier. Old Miss at LSU, three thirty game, CBS game, the CBS game of the week in the SEC apparently. Line on this game is a pick 'em, which you wouldn't really expect given like Ole Miss performing as well as they have this year and the fact that LSU um, has not really looked like a great team overall. But again, they are 5-2, and two, so give them credit there. Uh, the over-under in this game, 64.5. Moxley, pick a team and tell me who you're willing to start there. Um, you can't hide on this one, Mox. There's, 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 there's rough discussion on both of these teams. <laughs> uh, let me go with Ole Miss. Uh, Jackson Dart's been playing better in recent weeks. Uh, he's been able to show off his legs, so I think that he's a guy who you can play. Don't really like this LSU defense still. I, I just... Oh, man, I just don't think they're very good. So I, I like him both on the ground and in the air. I think you could start both running backs this week, too. I think Quinchon Judkins probably receives like 55, 60% of the work, but I mean, it's as close as a split that you're going to get. So I think you can start both guys. I have no idea what to do with wide receiver. Like, straight up. I, mm. I have no idea who's going to be targeted. I have no idea who's going to be on a week-to-week basis. Don't worry about it is what I say. I don't think you can start any of them. So, is Mingo out this game as well? Is he out for the season? Like, what is the deal with Mingo? Like, I, I have I, no he idea. Played, he played last week, if I remember correctly. And got zero catches. Yeah, he got zero he catches. going for over 200 the week before. Yeah. So, so I, I have no uh, idea that's what, what that's what I'm saying. No idea. Don't worry about it. Just start Zach Evans. Start Quinshawn Judkins. I'd say Dart's worth a start. Like if you're if you're in a rougher league, like Dart's worth a start because I don't want to guess who he's going to throw to, but I know he's going to probably throw to some people. Yeah, I have just I have no idea what what's going on with Jonathan Mingo. I didn't realize I didn't even realize he played last week. Yeah, I, again, I I, yeah, he if I remember because he had zero catches. Yeah, no, apparently he did play last weekend. Um, he did. Yeah, he did. He was he was a captain and he played so great. 
Wow. Doesn't help. Wow. Dude, imagine going home to your family and being like, guys, I was the captain this week. Oh my God, sweetheart, that's so awesome. Yeah, and they didn't throw me the ball at all. They didn't, well, they didn't throw me the ball at all, despite having like over 200 yards the week before. So. Exactly. LSU wise, I talked about it earlier. I do think Jaden Daniels is a good start here. Uh, he clearly is the rushing ability for this team as well right now. I think they've kind of given up with all the injuries they've had running back and everything. They're just like, screw it. Our best runner is our quarterback right now with all of our injuries and everything like that. So we're not going to hide away from that. You could start Josh Williams here, but like I don't love it. And then if you are you have to take a shot on one of the LSU wide receivers, I'm going to go Malik Neighbors. He's just had the most targets. He's had the most receptions on the year and everything. If you want to pull a Nate Marquise and uh, the way Nate Marquise treated Quentin Johnson and be like, this is the week that Butte finally returns to form, I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to recommend it, though. Um, yeah, I would say Daniels and Malik Neighbors would be the only two I'd be really liking to start here for LSU. Oh, man. Oh, God. I'm going to say it, aren't I? Say it. Is, this, is, this, is it booty week? I think you can start Butte this week. Or Booty, yeah. It's, I, it's actually going to catch on Booty, and I have been saying it wrong again the whole time. Um, I think it's Stardom, man. Like, he had over 100 yards last week. I mean, I think, I, like, he he looks a little more interested maybe than he did at the beginning of the season, despite looking really uninterested anyway. I think you can, I think you might be able to start him. Not like, I'm not like obsessed with starting him, but I mean, like, you're deep, you're looking for an option, a lot of buys this week. You could do worse. You could do worse. Yeah, so that's my level of confidence. You could do worse. Yeah. <laughs> let's go to the CUSA. Again, I love these conference matchups, but let's go to the CUSA here. North Texas at UTSA. UTSA at 10-point favorite here. A little bit a little bit more lopsided than we typically do here, but you can't ignore the fact that this over-under is 70.5. Massive points expected in this game on both sides here. Mox, do I do I give you the option to choose which one of these guys to talk about because I know you're going to screw me and throw me to the team that's harder to talk about? Or are you going to be nice to me this time? I'll be nice to you this time, actually, and I'll choose the team that I think is harder to talk about. Okay, go ahead. Which is North, which is North Texas. Okay, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I think North Texas actually has a lot of interesting options this week. I think you can start Austin Ani. Again, this line is... 70 and a half so like and they're going to be playing from behind too i think it's a nice game script he hasn't been nearly as bad as i thought he was going to be so i think you could play him uh ao day and oscar adelaide have kind of been splitting reps you know like a 1a 1b type role i don't know if i want to be starting any of them given the game script this week but i do think one of them is going to be productive so if you're in a deep league maybe like a 16 to 2014 league you can probably roll out uh ao day with a little more confidence you start Attaway if you absolutely need to, but again, not super excited. Uh, the player that I am a little excited about is Marquise Gums, man. Like, mm -hmm. he's a uh, he's a freshman, but not a true freshman, so I guess he's a retro freshman. Um, he hasn't he's getting more involved in the offense, like, he had 459 and one last week, but he's proving to kind of like take on a bigger role as a tight end. So, if you need like a absolute stopgap guy. I think you could do worse and kind of plugging him in. He's 15, 225, three on the season. But I mean, I think you could do a lot worse, to be to be honest. So this Marquise Gums is, is a guy that I'm paying a little bit of attention to. 
Um, yeah. If you, again, waiver, plug them in. You're without your tight end. Hope for the best because this is a really high-scoring matchup. And then I don't know what to do with this wide receiver room, but I think Jair Shorter is kind of taking back over as the one. I thought it was going to be Roderick Burns, but it's kind of been a rotating cast of characters. I, I am not rushing to start any of the receivers, but yeah, outside of Gums, I mean, you spray and pray, I guess, maybe if you want. Spray and pray. Great, great, great strategies out here. Chris Moxley starting guys who you could do worse and then spray and pray. Spray. I, I mean, I don't know what everyone's league format looks like, so I can't say you wouldn't sh- start Jair Shorter, but man, like I do not want to start him. No, I get it. I get it. All righty, you gave, you gave me the easier guys to talk about over here with UTSA, and the answer to this one is start everyone. Everyone you could possibly think of to start this game, I would say go ahead and do it. I said the same thing last week with FIU, and pretty much everybody had a good good day last week, despite the fact that UTSA, for some reason, just only wanted to score 31 points in that game. That was very disappointing. Um, but regardless, the big, the big question here comes down to the running back room. Brady, Brandon Brady out of nowhere last week just gets hurt early on in that game, relatively early in that game after only like 17 yards. And Kavorian Barnes comes in, not even Ty Ed- What man, what happened to Ty Edwards? We'll discuss that another time, but like nothing ghost. Uh, Kavorian Barnes comes in and takes over and looks really, really good as the running back one after Brady goes down. Traylon Smith's been doing with his own injury. So if both Brady and Smith are still out this week, Barnes is worth a start, in my opinion, because, again, this is just an offense that scores points. And if you're looking for guys to just get a share of that pie, you could do, again, I'm going to borrow a turn of phrase here with Mox. This is the theme of the night. You could do way worse than Kavorian Barnes, plugging him into your lineup and just hoping you can get a 15- to 20-point performance out of him. And like I said, Frank Harris... All three wide receivers, Clark, uh, Franklin, and Cephas, I think all of them are worth starting this week. I don't think there's any argument with that. So, oh. Not going to get one for me. Okay, I was ready for you to argue. <laughs> no, I have both Franklin and Cephas ranked. Uh, or, sorry, Clark and Franklin ranked in my top 13. Clark is 13 and Franklin's 12. Okay. They were last week too. I mean, you yeah. just roll them out and don't even question it at this point. I, th- I think, Colin, when we look at the on-season stats so far this year, yeah, Franklin is wide receiver six on the year. Clark is wide receiver seven on the year. Yeah, I see this a little lower. He hasn't taken on as big of a role no. recently, but uh, Cephas is wide receiver twenty-nine on the year. So again, there's clearly a gap. But still, yeah. you start Cephas this week. Yeah, I have him ranked wide receiver wide receiver forty-one. I'm a little lower on him. I a little, but. Still, why is it 41? You're probably starting him regardless. All right. Last game we'll talk about here. We're going over the AAC, another defensively challenged conference, which we always get great matchups out of. We got to talk about UCF at East Carolina here. UCF coming off the absolute skull drugging they gave Temple last week. John Rice Plumley looked like what we all wanted him to look like throughout the year. Over under on this game, 64 and a half. UCF, the five point favorite. So both teams expected to score plenty in this game. Chris Moxley, which team would you like to discuss here and who are you starting in it? I'll, I'll start in the Carolinas, my, uh, my locale. Um, I'm going to go with ECU. I think you start everyone that you think you're going to start. 
Well, like I, I, I hate to simplify it, but basically I think you're starting Holton Allers. I think you're starting um, Mitchell at running back. I mean, I have him projected as a top five running back this week. Like, I feel really good about Keaton Mitchell. I think he can do damage. Um, just a great receiver and a really, really uh, efficient runner. I mean, I've heard him compared to the G5 Devin Achain, and I don't think that's a bad comp. Like he, no, he's a, I don't think so at all. He's a legit player. Um, Isaiah Winstead has been like a revelation for this offense. He's been excellent. Um, yeah. Again, a guy that I have in my top 10 this week, he is he's wide receiver 10. Um, 12.3 targets in his last three games per game. Uh, averaging 19 fantasy, 19.9 fantasy points. I mean, this guy has just been a huge part of this ECU offense. Uh, I think you can start CJ Johnson as well. Not as excited to start him. He had that huge blow up for touchdown game, but outside of that, he hasn't been like a huge, uh, you know. So he's been CJ Johnson is what you're saying. Yeah. He's been CJ Johnson from old, not like the CJ Johnson who doesn't play at all uh, version and gets suspended from the team. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think you can start him and hope for a blow up, but definitely rolling with Isaiah Winstead over him. And Isaiah Winstead is a guy who I, I think at this point you just plug and play and just for like, don't even think about it. I, he Especially in PPR so leagues right now. Yeah. I'm yeah. Just a, I mean, what a, what a addition in the transfer portal for ECU is a really great addition. The um, only major knock against him, I would say is the fact that he just doesn't score touchdowns at the same rate that CJ Johnson does. Like again, when they get down there, it's clear Allers is looking for CJ, but at the same time, like it, it like, again, looking last couple of weeks, again, Eight targets, 16 targets, 13 targets. Four weeks ago, he had 14 targets. Like, again, this dude's getting volume week in and week out. He's going to score touchdowns for you eventually. Just got to wait for the opportunities to come. And one other thing, Isaiah Winstead, rostered only 28% of leagues right now. This is a dude you can easily, easily go to your waiver wires right now. And a lot of waivers have already run. Go pick him up, y'all. Just go pick him up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he he definitely needs a little bit of uh, um, some touchdown luck, and I I think it'll come at some point. But he ranks, let's see, uh, eighth in the country in receiving yards currently. Exactly. This is this is a dude just heavily involved in the offense as as like two games under 100 yards. Just the touchdowns are like bonuses at this point. Yeah, just just don't even overthink it. And then I think you start Ryan Jones, the tight end. Uh, it's going to be hard to find an option better than him unless you drafted one early, yeah. in my opinion, or you've got Joel Wilson late, uh, who, uh, you know, i big fan of. But, yeah, I, th- I think you probably start the key contributors on this offense. Yeah, I'm pretty much going to go the same route over here with UCF. Obviously, John Rice Pumley, I think, is the start in this game. You start Bowser, you hope he gets his 64 yards uh, on 16 carries and probably two to three touchdowns in there because that that's just what he patented isaiah bowser's stat that, line. that is the patent is isaiah bowser's stat line he is he is the plotter before he's a he is the bigger plotter than dominic richardson is um uh, wide receiver room this is this has been a little tough to figure out because o'keefe started well but then javon baker kind of took over we thought javon baker might be it to the point where i saw people starting to drop o'keefe because Javon Baker was getting all the love. And then these last two weeks for O'Keefe have just been, he's back to being that dude for UCF. I think both of those guys are worth 
starting, rolling the dice, hoping that you get the guy who's going to be scoring points for UCF this week. I think either, like, and, and there is a world where both of them do really well. Kobe Hudson starting to kind of come along there for UCF. I'm not quite ready to say that he is a startable option yet. I'm going to need to see a few more weeks of consistency out of him. But with UCF, JRP, Bowser, O'Keefe, Baker, don't think you can really go wrong with most of those guys. Yeah, no no argument there. Uh, I'm also skeptical of Kobe Hudson. I think people might be itching to play him after the big week he had last week, but I think a lot of that came in like a... I don't think that was real production. Let's just put yeah. it that way. And just real quick before we finish up here, I do want to throw two more games out here that, uh, again, they're they're over 60 points, over under, very close games. Both teams and both expected to score points, but we don't have time to really get around to them. We barely had time for the ones we were talking about today. Um, Cincinnati at SMU, Cincinnati three-point favorite, over under 63. And then Georgia Southern at Old Dominion, over-under of 67. Old Dominion, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Again, all those teams are expected to score. Partially, I left those guys out compared to the other ones because I felt like the other ones had a bit more interesting discussion on who you could and couldn't play. The other ones, it's basically start the guys that you really think are going to... that you think are going to be involved. So... That Georgia, that Georgia Southern uh, Old Dominion game has potential to be a bonkers shootout. I believe it. Yeah, especially after of, what we saw with Coastal Carolina last week in Old Dominion. Yeah, good, good for the Monarchs, man. Oh yeah, seriously, dude, they're leading the division that like includes like Marshall, James Madison, um, App State, App State, and Coastal Carolina. Like they're like they're three and three on the year, but man, they're winning a legit division over there. I don't know how long that lasts. But they're in a very legit division, so good on them. Yeah, shout out, shout out to our Monarchs. That brings us to the end of our show, finally. Again, running just a little bit long tonight, but I appreciate all of you guys tuning in and staying patient with us. Again, we had a lot of great stuff to talk about this week, a lot of good discussion, including a, a bet. I didn't, I didn't plan on there being a bet on this show tonight, but here we, we are. Do we have Wait. stakes for the bet? Um, what are the stakes for that bet? I was kind of always so like I always kind of go back to and I, I forget if it's the fantasy footballers or fantasy pros who do do this, but they do like water bets, where it's like if you lose the bet, you have to dump a cup of water on your head live on air. I can do that. So whoever whoever loses has to just pour a bu- uh, cup of water on their head live on air. So All right. we'll, we'll have to do that. Way. We'll have to do that at the end. We'll have to make more of these, and then we can uh, then we can just do a whole show recapping all of them. All right, I. I got the Julian Fleming one written right here. I got I got it written down as well. All right. Again, really appreciate all of you guys tuning in. And yeah, again, it's, it's looking forward to an awesome week of college football. Again, five rank v. rank matchups. We can pray and hope that this weekend lives up to what we got last weekend. And college football does that sometimes where it's like you think you have it good and then it just gets even better the next week. Lots of great stuff to look forward to this week. Again, check out um everything next week after the recap rejoin us back here on monday morning with myself and nate marquise we'll give you guys your waiver wire picks we'll recap all the best games and we'll be discussing i think i'll give a little teaser here we'll be discussing some of the things that we got wrong uh at mid- midway point of the season we 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 had some things wrong coming into the season so 
We'll definitely eat some crow and maybe a little victory lapping. We'll see. Maybe we'll save that for another show. But regardless, really appreciate you guys all tuning in. Make sure you check out all the other stuff on campustocanton.com. And we will see you guys later. Have a wonderful and blessed day.